This is CPX number 51, Deliver Us from Evil. We are in prayer part 9 in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, page 53 to 54, questions 39 to 45. This is the last section of the Our Father. God give you his peace. In nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. The seventh petition, what do we ask in the seventh petition, but deliver us from evil? In the seventh petition, but deliver us from evil, we ask God to free us from evils, past, present, and future, and particularly from the greatest of all evils, which is sin, and from eternal damnation, which is its penalty. Number 40, why do we say deliver us from evil and not from evils? Answer, we say deliver us from evil and not from evils, because we should not desire to be exempt from all the evils of this life, but only from those which are not good for our souls. And hence we beg liberation from evil in general, that is, from whatever God sees would be bad for us. Question number 41. Is it not lawful to beg liberation from some evil in particular, for example, from sickness? Answer, yes, it is lawful to beg liberation from some evil in particular, but always in bowing to the will of God, who may even ordain that particular affliction for the good of our soul. Number 42. How do the tribulations which God sends us help us? Answer, tribulations help us to do penance for our sins, to practice virtue, and above all, to imitate Jesus Christ, our head, to whom it is fitting we should conform ourselves and our sufferings if we wish to have a share in his glory. Number 43, what is the meaning of Amen at the end of the Our Father? Answer, Amen means, so be it, so I do desire. Thus do I pray the Lord, thus do I hope. Question number 44, to obtain the graces asked in the Our Father, is it enough to recite it any way at all? Answer, to obtain the graces asked in the Our Father, we must recite it without haste and with attention, and we must put our heart into it. Question number 45, when should we say the Our Father? Answer, we should say the Our Father every day, because every day we have need of God's help. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Okay, let's take a deeper look at number 42. I'll reread it to you real quick. How do the tribulations which God sends us help us? Answer, tribulations help us to do penance for our sins, to practice virtue, and above all, to imitate Jesus Christ, our head, to whom it is fitting we should conform ourselves in our sufferings if we wish to have a share in his glory. Okay, now I, Father David Nix, I'm going to give you some of my thoughts on that. Notice if you look at today's CPX, the Pope is saying you should ask God to help you avoid all sin, but we don't necessarily want to avoid all evils. Now, we don't go looking for them, but what he's very clear there is that some evils that happen in our life, like certain sicknesses, actually unite us to God more and kind of spring us closer to heaven. And so even though it's fine to pray for health, realize that the things that God permits are, are often for our salvation. Now, Change topic a little bit. This is going to seem like a weird shift of gears, uh, but I want to tell you about all the things I put in my pockets in the morning. Under this hermit habit, I have these uh, uh, cargo pants, and I counted something like 24 things I put in my pocket almost every day. I may have as many things in my pockets as many women have in their purse, but they are different. So I'm going to show you some of these items. Uh, 
Half of the items I keep in my pockets are for other people. Uh, one of them is a purple stole in case someone asks me to hear their confession or perhaps uh, they have things to be blessed and I keep holy water as well as all the old right blessings in my Evernote and my phone so I also have the stole for that. There's three pamphlets that I keep that I want to show you if you're watching the video and I can describe them if you're uh, just on the audio. I give out an examination of conscience in English made by Human Life International. It's about a nickel, I think, and as you can see, it's two-sided, so it's quite comprehensive but not overwhelming. Again, this is the examination of conscience handed out by Human Life International, and just over there in my bedroom, I have hundreds of those. I also have hundreds of the examination of conscience in Spanish here. Guía práctica para el sacramento de la reconciliación, also from Human Life International. It says Vida Humana Internacional on the back. And we have a lot of Spanish speakers here in Colorado. So as you can see, it's a comprehensive but not overwhelming examination of conscience. A lot of times I meet Catholics who haven't been to confession in a long time, so I like to give them that. Uh, as many of you have seen, I hand out a miraculous medal on a chain. And then one more thing I want to show you today. This is a little suffering pamphlet by Father Paul O'Sullivan. I think he wrote it about 100 years ago. And what I'm going to do, because it ties in so well today to understanding evil, suffering, and sharing in Christ's glory through our suffering, I'm going to read you this whole pamphlet today. Now, there's one little nota bene or asterisk I want to say before I read this on something I kind of disagree with him a little bit. He basically says that every suffering that comes into your life is sent by God. Now, him having written this 100 years ago before we had all these children in slavery, even in the worst type of slavery you can imagine, we have to definitely qualify God's positive will and his permissive will. So we can't just say to someone, say a 20-year-old who came out of 12 years of slavery, oh, well, God sent you into slavery. That's just not true. God permitted that for reasons I can't even understand, but it was certainly for that person's salvation. And in this sense, that suffering can become united to Christ for the salvation of many, many people, maybe even as traffickers who otherwise would go to hell. will certainly go to hell, actually, if you look at what Jesus teaches in the Gospels about better if a millstone would be tied around this person's neck and then be put into the bottom of the ocean than to hurt or scandalize a child. But for those of us, like you and me, who have basic sufferings in our life, it's good to just understand what God is calling us to do is to unite these sufferings to Him. And in this sense, we can really understand that suffering becomes this springboard to our eternal glory. Because this ties into today's section on Deliver Us From Evil, I'm just going to read you this pamphlet. Again, I have several hundred in my room over here that I try to have in my pocket to hand out. You can get them from TAN Publishers if you're interested in getting some of these. But again, I'm going to read you this pamphlet written by Father Paul Sullivan about 100 years ago. He was a Dominican, and this is his explanation on what to do with your suffering to make sense of it in your life. Suffering, How to Make the Greatest Evil in Our Lives Our Greatest Happiness by Father Paul Sullivan, Order of Preachers. Suffering is the great problem of human life. We all have to suffer. Sometimes small sorrows, sometimes greater ones fall to our share. We shall now tell our readers how to avoid much of this suffering, how to lessen all suffering, and how to derive great benefits from every suffering we may have to bear. The reason why suffering appears so hard is that, first of all, we are not taught what suffering is. Secondly, we are not taught how to bear it. Thirdly, we are not taught the priceless value of suffering. This is due to the incomprehensible neglect on the part of our teachers. 
It is surprising how easily some people bear great sufferings, whereas others get excited even at the smallest trouble. The simple reason is that some have been taught all about suffering, others have not. Suffering is not the evil we think it is. First of all, then, suffering is not simply an evil, for no one suffered more than the Son of God himself, more than his blessed mother, or more than the saints. Every suffering comes from God. It may appear to come to us by chance or accident or for someone else, but in reality, every suffering comes to us from God. Nothing happens to us without his wish or permission. Not even a hair falls from our heads without his consent. Why does God allow us to suffer? Simply because he is asking us to take a little share in his passion. What appears to come by chance or from someone else always comes because God allows it. Every act in our Lord's life was a lesson for us. The greatest act in his life was his passion. This, then, is the greatest lesson for us. It teaches us that we, too, must suffer. God suffered all the dreadful pains of his passion for each one of us. How can we refuse to suffer a little for love of him? Suffering is the gold in our lives. Secondly, if we accept the sufferings he sends us, and offer them in union with his sufferings, we receive the greatest rewards. Five minutes suffering born for love of Jesus is of greater value to us than years and years of pleasure and joy. The saints tell us that if we patiently bear our sufferings, we merit the crown of martyrdom. Moreover, suffering born patiently brings out all that is good in us. Those who have suffered are usually the most charming people. If we bear these facts clearly in mind, it certainly becomes much easier to suffer. God always gives strength to bear our sufferings. Thirdly, when God gives us any suffering, He always gives us strength to bear it if we only ask Him. Many, instead of asking for His help, get excited and revolt. It is this excitement and impatience that really makes suffering hard to bear. Consider that we are now speaking of all sufferings, even the most trifling ones. All of us have little troubles, pains, disappointments every day of our lives. All these, if born for love of God, obtain for us, as we have said, the greatest rewards. How to bear suffering. Even the greatest sufferings that may fall to our share from time to time become easy to bear if we accept them with serenity and patience. What really makes suffering difficult to bear is our own impatience, our revolt, our refusal to accept it. This irritation increases our sufferings a hundredfold and besides robs us of all the merit we could have gained thereby. We see some people pass through a tempest of suffering with the greatest calm and serenity, whereas others get irritated at the slightest annoyance or disappointment. We can all learn this calm and patience. It is the secret of happiness. An eminent physician in a conference which he gave to distinguished scientists and fellow doctors told them that he owed all his great success in life to the simple fact that he had corrected his habit of impatience and annoyance which had been destroying all his energy and activity. Everyone, we repeat without exception, can learn this calm and serenity. Penance. We must all do penance for our sins. If we do not, we shall have long years of suffering in the awful fires of purgatory. This fire is just the same as the fire of hell. Now, if we offer our sufferings, the very little ones as well as the greater ones, in union with the sufferings of Jesus Christ, we are doing the easiest and best penance we can perform. We may thus deliver ourselves entirely from purgatory while at the same time gaining the greatest graces and blessings. Let us remember clearly these seven things. Number one, sufferings come from God for our benefit. 
Number two, when we are in the state of grace, we derive immense merit from every suffering borne patiently, even the little sufferings of our daily lives. Number three, God will give us abundant strength to bear our sufferings if we only ask Him. Number four, if we bear our sufferings patiently, they lose their sting and bitterness. Number five, above all, every suffering is a share in the passion of our Lord. Number six, by our sufferings, we can free ourselves in great part or entirely from the pains of purgatory. Number seven, by bearing our sufferings patiently, we win the glorious crown of martyrdom. Of course, we may do all in our power to avoid or lessen our sufferings, but we cannot avoid all suffering. Therefore, it is clearly necessary for us to learn how to bear them. In a word, we must understand clearly that if we remain calm, serene, and patient, suffering loses all its sting. But the moment we get excited, the smallest suffering increases a hundredfold. It is just as if we had a sore arm or leg and rubbed it violently. It would become irritated and painful, whereas if we touch it gently, we soothe the irritation. We suffer from ill health, from pains, headaches, rheumatism, arthritis, from accidents, from enemies. We may have financial difficulties. Some suffer for weeks in their homes, some in hospitals or nursing homes. In a word, we are in a veil of tears. Almighty God could have saved us from all suffering, but He did not do so because He knows in His infinite goodness that suffering is good for us. Prayer We have a great, great remedy in our hands, that is prayer. We should pray earnestly and constantly, asking God to help us to suffer, to console us, or if it pleases Him, to deliver us from suffering. This is all, all important. A very eminent doctor, in an able article he recently published in the secular press, says that, quote, prayer is the greatest power in the world, end quote. He says, quote, I and my colleagues frequently see that many of our patients, whom we have failed to cure or whose pains we have failed to alleviate, have cured themselves by prayer. I speak now not of the prayers of holy people, but the prayers of ordinary Christians, end quote. We should above all pray to Our Lady of sorrows and all our troubles. We should ask her by the oceans of sorrow she felt during the passion of our Lord to help us. God gave her all the immense graces necessary to make her the perfect mother of God, but He also gave her all the graces, the tenderness, the love necessary to be our most perfect and loving mother. No mother on earth ever loved a child as our Blessed Lady loves us. Therefore, in all our troubles and sorrows, let us go to our Blessed Lady with unbounded confidence. And here Father Paul O'Sullivan proposes that we close with the Memorari, so we will do that. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, O Virgin, O virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee do I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen.